Yeah, how long do we go for? Uh, usually no, like an hour. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, hours about good for me. So. Okay, okay good, cool. good. And if you need to leave earlier than that, just let us know and we'll Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll imitate your voice for the rest of the time. <laughs> you can phone in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, welcome to the co-founders. We have a special guest, Chris Goldcamp with us. Woo. Hey, how's it going Thank everybody? You for joining us. Good, Thank good. You. So, Chris, you you joined um you joined Icus in 7th grade? Yeah, back in the summer of 2005, and I, it was for my seventh grade, yes. I remember that. That was a long time ago. I think that yeah. was the year I joined, too. Um, so was year how, I too. How, how long did you stay in? I was there a little over five years, so I graduated um, from ICUS and then went to the seminary over in Cheshire as a novice. And I was there until, let's see, November of 2011. Um, and that's when I made it home. Yeah. Okay. So were you, were you a first year novice? First year novice for only a couple months. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I did not make it through a year in admission. Yeah. Hey, okay. don't worry. You're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think that's, I think that's the curse of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that kitchen, man. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i handed it off to you um yeah and it, it's a formative experience it was um, uh yeah it's different i mean i don't know if you have any <laughs> i don't know if you have any stories from it but i've told my stories already um yeah, i don't know but, like it's, it's one of the reasons i actually wanted to come on here is just kind of like try like not in a bad way but just like try to dredge up some of the memories because it's just like so far in the past and like you know, I'm cool with it now that, like, it's just kind of funny thinking about some of this shit in retrospect. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I remember just, like, I would go and, like, for, like, one of the Saturday or Sunday mornings, you know, the chef wasn't there. So, like, the kitchen guy was supposed to make the food. And I remember, like, the first time I went to do it, I was just doing, like, normal scrambled eggs, like, chill, whatever. And I just remember Father Victor coming in and just completely, like, blowing up the kitchen. He's like, no, 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 you got to do it this way. And, like, <laughs> He just got all mad that I wasn't like frying the eggs in a certain way and flopping them on toast. I was just like, I know I just like a scrambled eggs. People like scrambled eggs, but like it was just like some of the smallest stuff in that kitchen that people like. And it wasn't just Father Victor, right? It would be, so, it didn't matter who, some one of the superiors would just come on in and have their whole opinion on things. I'm like, now that I look at it now, and I love to cook actually, like cooking is like an art. There's so many ways you can do it. It's just so funny that they were so dead set on like everything has to be done in this, which is kind of, you know emblematic of the legion but everything has to be done in this specific way in this specific time frame and just kind of like oh, what so yeah i think about that a lot sometimes yeah yeah <laughs> it's very good point man it was very that it, you do it this way every every little detail that you kind of broke that down well yeah it's true yeah yeah and i remember father uh victor specifically um telling me not to put onions and scrambled eggs oh yeah, yeah he told me that too yeah yeah and i'm like dude it's delicious i don't know what you're talking about but i'm gonna mix them i think that was actually one of the uh, guidances you gave me as you were handing it off and i just forgot yeah <laughs> <laughs> it could have been i don't remember what i told you um it was, it was probably mostly nonsense but um eh. we were what 17 16 what did we know yes. we were, we, <laughs> i think sorry. we were 16 when we entered the yeah. kitchen yeah that sounds um, right <laughs> which is, you know, it's a good amount of responsibility for anyone, uh, let yeah, alone a 16-year-old. a whole year old. school of a few hundred, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and then you go out after after you slave away on on uh over the griddle and you go out and you hear people say like oh waffles or french toast or like you know whatever it is like oh and you're like i will beat you up yeah <laughs> i was like I, correct me if i'm wrong i remember that like we already woke up at like 6 a.m or like maybe it was 6 30 on the weekends and i remember like ha- having to have a brother wake me up at like 5 or 5 30 some morning it's like go prep it so like you go and do all of that mm-hmm. and then like a you'd have somebody come in the kitchen at some point and like squawk at you about what they wanted <laughs> and how they wanted it done and then yeah. like you said you'd get out there and somebody was like god what was new waffles and i was just like i'm gonna murder you right now like (laughs) you did not not have to wake up at 5 a.m to do this shit like (laughs) right right yeah and it was so much pressure too because it was like yeah i don't know coming up with a menu and figuring out what to eat is not something that you're used to doing and and then when you have to do it for everyone you're like uh hope they like it yeah like freaking boiling an industrial sized vat of hot water just so you can like cook pasta for the entire school just like you have to wait an hour just standing in the kitchen and it's not like we had music it's not like we had books I just remember like sometimes just sitting there like like I guess I'll try to scrub this a little shinier like some of the metal work in the kitchen like it was (laughs) just like such a waste of time when when like at the same time they prioritized using your Mm -hmm. time effectively so much it was just kind of ironic to me Yeah. yeah 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 the kitchen duty was not meant for legionaries um or at least not for 16 year old legionaries absolutely Um, not (laughs) (laughs) that's funny i i I think we probably had similar experiences too with um especially like the father's waiters would come in with demands and yeah and then the middlemen would come in with demands and everyone would come with demands and you'd be like oh i i just pulled whatever was in the freezer out and i'm doing it like i don't care Yeah, well, that's um, the thing is like we didn't even get to place the food orders like the cisco truck coming in we didn't have any say in that so it's like whatever's in the freezer whatever's in the walk-in fridge like work with it yeah and then you know you'd have like somebody telling you to go like into the like, wasn't there like a safe type thing in the kitchen with all the chinaware just for the father's table yeah and the father's uh yeah. like in that in the dishwashing area yeah yeah it yeah, was yeah, a father's yeah. safe yeah and you'd have to like pull the door open and stumble yeah. in there it was um, yeah yeah um actually there was one for like a few weeks i had to actually place the orders for food oh, okay. um, <laughs> when the chef was hurt that was a particularly dark month um yeah i can imagine <laughs> and and they were like trying to make me budget things and i was like i'm not doing oh, this God. you're not no. you're not <laughs> like i have to do other things um and so that i think they made john gilson do it i don't know who did it but someone mm. someone who was getting paid did it um, they should as they should do yeah 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 for sure um but we have we have a, a really uh storied history of, of kitchen people um, yeah uh daniel carter before me or yeah and that was that was its own baggage um anyway but not to talk about the kitchen too much but yeah. you know there there's there's a brotherhood in the kitchen that yes that i think fun. actually the guy who was after me thomas moore i think he's still in i'm not he's one of the koreans yeah. that uh joined yeah i didn't know he was uh fun dude wait he was oh yeah he's younger than you one year below me i handed off the kitchen to him oh. which was like a whole other level of what the hell because like 
a i mean he was pretty good he was pretty good at english by that time but like he still had the language barrier and like and then give him the full responsibility of the kitchen i remember like <laughs> trying to teach him and you can't get frustrated with him because like sometimes he just doesn't know the word of a specific ingredient but it's like what am i supposed to do i'm like a 17 year old in a tie that looks like i'm mormon like mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah and you're handing it off and you're like this is my baby please take care of it yeah it's like i um, put so many hours that i didn't want to put into it into it but take care of it anyway yeah right right so how uh you didn't last long at cheshire no offense um you you stayed longer than i did so that's you know either a good thing or a bad thing um (laughs) what was your what was your feeling about um novitiate like did you did you enjoy it a little bit or not at all or okay yeah so this is kind of a loaded question that if you don't mind, I'll give a slightly long-winded answer to. Go ahead. Long-winded um, answers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So what was interesting for me, and one of the things, I'm actually going to pull it all the way back to the summer program of 2005, and then I'll fast forward. Um, so one of the inter- most interesting things for me is I went to the summer program as a 12-year-old. Um, my parents obviously sent me there. They were pretty involved with Regan Christie and all that. Um, no longer are, but sad point. Um, so basically... I went there and I thought it was fun because I had, I don't remember his name anymore, but I had a Brazilian brother as my superior and we basically played soccer twice a day. Soccer was my favorite sport. I loved that. It was a lot of fun. Um, Everything else though, and I mean everything else from the summer program, um, including like some things that people truly do enjoy and I enjoy it now, but like then I didn't enjoy the hikes the prayer time, all that. It was just, I loved playing soccer and there were kids my age that were playing soccer with me and it was constant and it was fun. But I remember like, I don't know if I'd say wisdom of a 12 year old, but I remember thinking like, yeah, I'm probably not gonna sign up for the school because that's the only thing I like. And like, I'd rather just go back home. And so I told this to, um, I guess, spiritual director is the word we used um, at the time. And I won't name any names or anything, uh, but basically, he pitched to me and he said, well, look, you're 12 years old, your vocation, God's will for you might be a priest. So would you really want to go to hell if you decided to leave now and not give it a try? (laughs) Basically what he told me. And so like little old 12 year old Chris, like the fear of eternal damnation planted in his brain. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll give it a year. And so that kind of kept going in my brain year after year. And there's a lot that I didn't even like Icus, although it grew on me a little bit, mainly because the way they do things, you kind of start to think their way naturally um, yeah. or unnaturally. But yeah, so fast forward to Novitiate, um, and I kind of went there and decided it. And I was pretty much, I had gotten to the point over five, a little five plus years, where I was actually all in. I was starting to think, okay, I can do this. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. And I was just fighting it all this time. Um, and so I went into the Novitiate kind of like gung ho, you know, maybe it's going to be hard. I've heard it's going to be hard. I'm going to do what I can. Um, and it was kind of a mixed bag at first. I kind of, it was kind of like starting at Icus. There are some things I liked, some things I didn't like. Um, but in the back of my mind, I was always like, I'm still doing all these prayers, but I'm not like feeling connected to God or to a spiritual power or anything. And I'm just kind of going through all these motions. But I, again, I just kept telling myself, well, just do it, just do it. Um, so actually we did the um, eight days of silence. I forget the name they used for it. Um, and that to me, it was just kind of like awful. And then we started doing, I, don't, I think it was like group workouts and I have a heart condition and like they knew that, but they still expected me to do all this shit. Um, but anyways, so we had a family 
occurrence happened in November of 2011. Um, yeah, 2011, where basically my parents were able to convince um, Father Joseph Burke, I think he was kind of the guy in charge of the whole Cheshire community, um, to fly me down to kind of be with my family during that time. Um, and so hopped on a plane, like Father Joseph explained to me, like, hey, your family needs you for a little bit. They'll explain it when you're there. Um, and we'll see you. And I think it was like three days. We all know you never got time to see your family, especially not in the novitiate, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I got there and my parents sat me down at the table and they said, you don't have a return flight. Um, obviously all the news about Masiel and everything had been breaking, but what was crazy was in my brain, like I was so gung ho about it, even though like there were things that I didn't like, I was kind of like shocked and also like devastated. Like I, I think that was like the first time I did real crying as an adult because um, I just didn't know what to think. It was a very, very odd feeling. And I think what's super weird to me now is like I think about it and like I refuse to like accept it. Like I had to in a sense because right I wasn't on a plane. But like they had gotten into my brain so much and like made me think the way that they do that I still like I brought my cassock with me because I was planning on going to daily mass and stuff like that. So like, I would still like wake up and read my breviary like in my little room that my parents gave me. Um, I would try to go to mass every day for a while. And I mean, eventually it trickled out, but like, I think I'd have to check with my parents. They could probably tell me, but I mean, I think it was like probably a good month before it like started to sink in and that just wasn't my life. Um, so yeah, that was a long winded answer, but that's kind of how I felt about everything. <laughs> that's really that's, I've never, that's a terrifying thing that they used little manipulative trick about the hell thing I, I haven't heard anybody say that before that's really intense and scary yeah dude it like dude, wow I, yeah i still think about it i was like if he didn't say that and just kind of tried to maybe say hey why don't you just give it a shot for a year sure. i probably would have never gone right um right so his, his manipulation worked i guess yeah that, that <laughs> yeah. would work that would work in yeah. most scenarios i imagine yeah that's um that's really like I actually haven't I've talked to quite a few people and I haven't heard anyone at least in the in the male side talk about you know not following your vocation will lead you to hell because no. they even even they would have admitted that that's not how it worked you like right. you could yeah, still I mean, you could get throw away your vocation and still go to heaven yeah like like theologically there's nothing that checks out about that now that I you know and and it don't have thought it through but you know, when you're there at the ripe young age of 12 yeah what are you gonna do you're not yeah, you're thinking in... about the realities of existence and eternity and like you're like oh that's scary yeah right. that's do you still sure. identify as as catholic now uh don't identify as catholic um my family is pretty aware of that sure. i do still kind of have i think i'm still like of a nebulous christianity like so i still believe like in the afterlife and that there is god um but not i don't like follow any strict religion or like you know pick a branch of protestantism like that's not neat either i'm kind of more of a i think there's some really strong moral values in christianity um and i just generally like philosophically think hey if you try to do good and be good and stick by the morals that you think are right and there is god which i think there probably is but again that's up for debate for anybody obviously well you'll probably be fine and that's what i try sure. to do today so yeah it's pretty cool man yeah that's that's definitely cool and, you know, you got to follow your heart wherever it takes you yeah. and and don't let manipulation be the reason that you believe something. Um, uh, 100%, yeah. I, what it, what, sorry, 
No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go first. I don't have anything interesting. Oh, no. It was just kind of like, what was your journey like? So you said there was that month where things trickled out for you um, career-wise, um, relationship-wise, comfort-wise. Like, what was your journey from there until now? Like, just along that way? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think it's kind of been a tumultuous is definitely the right word. Um, the first year, I definitely remember, like, one of my saving graces what I had was I had a hometown buddy um, where we grew up together from the age of, like, three played dinosaurs and shit and you know just got into family guy and we were 10 11 that kind of stuff right um and he was still in town when i came back um and so he you know i think i still need to i've let him know but i think i need to kind of i'll probably send him this podcast too later but like he was very critical and just reintegrating me into what had happened the last five and a half years basically like he was like you didn't hear about this youtube trend which sounds kind of funny right like uh, mm-hmm. who cares about a youtube trend but like that's what people talk about. Like we don't think about, I mean, I'm sure this group does, but most people don't think about like, Hey, what happens in pop culture and what movie came out and what music came out and what Kanye said to Kim, right? Like all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, like just forms a basis for conversation that, you know, hopefully it leads deeper conversations after that. But like, I realized so quickly that there are so many people who talk about something like, what the hell is that? Like, what? I was just so confused. (laughs) Um, But he like, I would go and hang out with him and he would just like, show me the shows or show me the music that he, he was into and other people were doing like so that helped for sure um and then throughout that year um after so basically until the fall of 2011 um that helped out a lot and i got a part-time job right because i walked out basically 17 years old not a dime to my name um other than you know maybe stuff that my parents had saved for me and my college fund like but again seven kids it wasn't a lot um, they definitely were super helpful still, but, um, so like I got a job at TCBY and that kind of gave me more exposure, um, to the real world, right? Like, uh, the Karens of Mandeville, Louisiana, <laughs> Frodo for their kids. And I had one, um, coworker who was just into a lot of substances, not the fun ones like weed and booze. Um, and so like, I just, you get a whole view into like, there are people like this, right. And it's not all, you know button up your polo and hike up a mountain <laughs> um, <laughs> that should be the title of this episode <laughs> <laughs> <Go for it. laughs> but yeah um so that was just like and that helped right i got good at saving money my dad's super financially smart so he worked with me on understanding that and um but i was still very very self-identified catholic at the time um which i think is pretty natural for what happened to me i guess um, and so I, well, I really wanted to go to a Catholic college. Um, I thought that that was going to be the right move. Cause I was still like, maybe I'll try diocesan seminary. I don't know. Um, again, I still think a seed of what happened when I was 12 was still in the back of my mind. Um, and so, yeah, I wound up picking university of Dallas, which is pretty, um, pretty well-known college in the Catholic college world. Um, and I think it was the right fit weirdly for me, even though I probably didn't pick it for all the right reasons. Um, because while they have a lot of Catholic tradition, they also kind of brand themselves as the Catholic school for independent thinkers. Um, and so they really challenge you to not think the Catholic way, like, okay, yes, there's a theology class that everybody's got to take one of them or something, but like, like I took Kant, I took, you know, Nietzsche, I learned a lot of different things. And, um, and we just, my worldview was challenged so much in those four years and there were really good people there. People are still my good friends to this day. Some Catholic, 
um, some not like me, and we still just mesh perfectly. Um, and so I think that that was huge in getting to me where I am today. Um, cause I got a, funnily enough, even though it was a Catholic liberal arts school, I got a business degree. Um, so yeah, I, uh, throughout that process, I think towards my senior year and I became a little bit of a party animal. I think most of people who would listen to this podcast know that. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I really just kind of felt like I was starting to become like part of society again, um, which was really cool. And then, yeah, I mean, I graduated, I took a crappy intern starting job at a tech firm and um, just kind of, I think credit to the Legion where credit's due. I did learn hard work um, and I learned how to stay disciplined and that did get me to um, move up pretty quick. I mean, I went from starting at a job where I was like maybe $10 an hour to, you know, then 33K a year. And, you know, when you're right out of college, anything, anything helps. Um, so that kind of got me all the way to where I am in my career today, where I manage a department of internal training for a software company, which is a lot of fun, actually. I really do. I won't say I love my career. Um, it's still a job. They're just like, Bleh. but, you know, um, I think all things considered, I'm doing pretty well there. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, relationships is a whole other story. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the first step was friends, right? Which we talked a little bit about. But I mean, I just felt so weird not talking like not just talking to girls but talking to people <laughs> you know it was just weird yeah. um and so yeah I think into college like I had my first girlfriend maybe my sophomore year um and like that was I won't say it was a huge mistake because I was gonna have to start somewhere but I do feel bad for her because like I just don't know what the fuck I was doing right like <laughs> and I definitely like definitely like told her I love you and like it was like oh we're, we'll get married and all this shit like I didn't know myself all the way I didn't she didn't know herself yeah I wound up I'm pretty sure I wound up like breaking our heart all that fun stuff um but you know it it had to happen Mm -hmm. at a certain point so I learned from that and then um eventually not in college um but in the summer of 2017 I went to um one of my mutual friends from college who was still in the area had a uh pool party and one of their new roommates had just become a veterinarian and moved to town um at that point I think I was pretty good at talking to ladies um and uh and so yeah we met and you know ups and downs but we're married now and expecting a son in May so oh congratulations pretty good all things considered yeah that's really cool yeah yeah I think that answered the question I think that did yeah <laughs> um I, I think we've all had that issue where we leave and we don't we're like how do you make friends what do you <laughs> like there's no community anymore. How do I, you know, no one's forced to sit with me. How do I talk to people? Um, I don't know how you got over that. Uh, so, well, you seem adjusted, so I don't know, you you know, maybe just having friends around you or having people. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of, I think it's really dependent on each individual that comes out of the schools and of the seminaries, because like for me, I am pretty extroverted as it is. I mean, I definitely have my introverted tendencies where I'm like, get away from me. I want to read a book, play a video game. But like, I do naturally like flock toward community still. So even though I was super awkward doing it, I was still trying to find it and seek it out. So I think Mm -hmm. that helped to a degree. Obviously there was all the awkwardness involved of like figuring out who I was and how to actually interact. Um, But I think that helped me a lot. Um, and I don't think like everybody's got that temperament that I have. Um, and so I could see it being super hard for a lot of people. And 
I'm not saying it was easy for me. It was still a big ass struggle. Mm. Um, but I do think that was probably a part of it. Um, and let's see, going back to Icus, uh, I, I specifically remember you breaking your arm or your shoulder on the, on like the day we were supposed to go back for Christmas vacation. Was that, was that it? Was it Christmas day? I don't remember. Oh dude, this, this is one of the all time stupidest, greatest stories. Um, <laughs> so I think it's really important to paint the background to the story, but yes, you're right. It was basically, I think it was Christmas Eve night and then we did christmas day at i guess and then we go home on the 26th which yeah. is a whole mess in and of itself we can discuss if we want to um yeah. <laughs> but to the story so i was an eager beaver and i was always jealous because i think brother jason was his name at the time he was our superior and whenever we got like our monthly or i don't know how what the cadence was but whenever we got assigned responsibilities that whole first year or first semester really technically if you think about it in semester so the fall semester um, I always, always, always wanted to be the bell ringer. Um, like, you know, like when we line up, somebody rings the bell and it's like yeah. 30 seconds and they ring another bell and you're all supposed to be in a line, like a little military. Yeah. Um, so I always wanted it. And I told brother Jason that a thousand times and I got in big trouble somehow because I kept doing it when I wasn't supposed to, it was like somebody else's job. And so basically he made a compromise with me and he was like, dude, I think it was like early December. He was like, if you don't break the rule for X amount of days, I will let you ring the bell on Christmas Eve. Um, and so I did it. And we all know how like the morning routine goes where Christ, our King, your kingdom come. We have to make our beds perfect and sprint and try to be the first one for, I guess, for the apostolics. It was in line for the PCs, the first one at the chapel. Um, but so I was just stoked. I mean, I was <laughs> sprinting more than I would normally sprint for that morning routine. And I had my flip-flops on and I went into the shower and I was like, I was already ahead of everyone. Like I knew I had it. I was golden. And then I just sandal, because right, we shower and little stalls with sandals and bathing suits. That's another thing. Um, sandal to the wet floor, all the way up, right arm, full weight on it. So I broke, um, I think it was my radius. And then... Um, some bone up here. I don't know. But yeah, so I spent that eve that day um, in the hospital with, I think it was brother Jason. It might've been a different brother. Um, but yeah, and then I came back to a posada um, with this whole, whole ass sling. And like, I had to keep my arm like this. So that was just so humiliating. I remember like, um, like, I think it was brother Jason. He was just like making fun of me. He was like, can you need me to cut up your food and feed it to you? And I was like, oh, damn. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that happened. Um, and that was not the only time I broke my arm at the apostolic school, but yes, that, that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, I distinctly remember that and thinking, man, what luck. Yeah. What, <laughs> what luck. Yeah. So I got to go home and tell my family, which made no sense to them. They're like, why do you care about ringing a bell? And why are you sprinting while showering? Like, what's your deal? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know why that wasn't a red flag to my parents at the time, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I don't remember the name. What was the name of that responsibility? Do you remember? I don't yeah, remember. I'm trying to. I, it's, I yeah. It's it's a there's a, there's a name, but yeah, I can't. Spencer, do you remember? No. The name of the person who would ring the bell. They kept it like even through bell ringer, like, maybe. No, it was like I'll <laughs> wow. oh, forget it. I don't know. We'll, we'll remember one day. Yeah, um, it'll come back to me. Um. <laughs> so when you cook now, do you listen to music or read a book? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, normally, normally I listen to music. Um, you don't just watch your water well. boil. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, normally it's music, but sometimes like a podcast or an audiobook. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to cook? Um, ooh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I still got my true Louisiana roots, even though I've kind of yeah. was in New Hampshire five years and now Texas for like eleven or twelve. I don't know, but um, I really do like making a good jambalaya. I think that's a mm. lot of fun. Um, and we've been doing a lot of experimenting lately. So like we made a, um, uh, Thai coconut chicken curry, which came out really Ooh, well the other day. Um, those are good. yeah. So yeah, I've kind of got, like, got my staples that I'm like good at and it's just going to be easy, but we're trying to like expand out now. And like, we stayed in, didn't visit anyone for Christmas just because like, we're like, it's probably our last Christmas together. Like, so we did that, but we made some really, really good braised lamb shanks, um, mm. mashed potatoes and stuff like that. So yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Getting hungry. I just had some oxtail. Now I'm already hungry. <laughs> Oxtail's good too. Yeah. I made sure um, I ate before this just in case. <laughs> just, in yeah. case it, just in case it goes long. Um, another question that I have. Did you recruit Mitch Marcello? Uh, basically, I think so. Yeah. Because I think that's the only person I know of who is actively recruited by like you know how we had we sent out vocation letters or vocation prospect letters or whatever they were called and i think that was the only person who joined from those letters yeah so now i want to fact check with my my mom and dad because i didn't i'm trying to think i didn't know him beforehand but i think my mom met maybe her mom in regnum christie and on one of those like sunday phone calls or something I was like really wanting to like prove myself and like be like, Hey, I recruited someone, which is again, weird, but whatever. I think <laughs> I asked my mom, I was like, do you know anybody that like might like the school and want to come up here? And she was like, I think, and, and again, I'll ask her later and maybe we'll edit it or fix it. But I think <laughs> like she mentioned his name and then I think they got him to do like one of those weekends. Again, I forget their name, but just like one of those brief weekends where they have visitors up mm-hmm. and I met him and I was like, Oh, this dude's fun. And so I started writing him the vocation letters things so i mean i'd probably have to ask him if that was what actually got him up there but it probably played a part and feel a little bad about it but here we are so because <laughs> i think he told me that after yeah. like a few years ago maybe um he was in the city uh yeah. he was living in the city and we we hung out for an evening i'm pretty oh, sure nice. he told me he told me that you were the one who recruited him so I, I've, oh, okay been... so he probably hates me now yeah no i don't, <laughs> I don't know about that but <laughs> he might though shout out um <laughs> that yeah it's funny though because i just I, I can't i don't know of anyone else who joined from a vocation letter um or from being cultivated or whatever the weird terms we used were. did you tell him he'd go to hell if he didn't join <laughs> i luckily didn't employ that tactic so i don't feel the worst uh, yeah yeah you 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 did what you know you were told to do and you did it well and you did it better than i did because i just wrote like i said before i just wrote to my jewish friend yeah. can we talk about how they read our letters home like what the fuck was up with that yeah so weird like, excuse me yeah we actually i don't know if you listened to the episode with father frederick i did yeah um, yeah so i guess i guess i did maybe i'll talk about it a little bit but yeah we we went to the source for that one we've talked about it in several podcasts where we're like yeah. that that was so weird um yeah we don't need to get to do it here, but yeah. <laughs> no, we can. I mean, we can. It's, I mean, what do you think about it? Well, it's, it's just wrong on so many levels. Like, 
So like if somebody like, so first of all, regardless of whether our parents sent us there or not, which for most of us, that's the case, right? They're still our primary caretakers. They still have legal full sole authority over us as sub 18 year olds. And so like, if we ever needed to communicate to them, like we're in danger or something and with how limited they let us communicate, or even just communicate to them, hey, I want to leave, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, sure, we still had our phone calls, but like, it you, you shouldn't have somebody reading a child's letter to their parents just on like a moral basis. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't check out, and it's I'm pretty sure it's illegal as well, like just from yeah. a law standpoint. So, <laughs> at least but, at least yeah. reading letters that were addressed to us was probably illegal. I don't know about. Okay, yeah, that that would be the yeah. If we leave the letters yeah. open like they made us do, that's their loophole, know, probably. That was that was their loophole. Yeah, um, I gotcha. But like Father Frederick said, he didn't he didn't read like he didn't really do it, which I kind of believe because it takes a lot of time to read yeah. all all those letters, and it's there's not much that you can really gain from them, yeah, especially like, like I've I've read a lot of my letters that I my mom kept. And I'm like, man, I, if I were a superior, I wouldn't know what to do with this. I would have no information. I'd be like, this kid's in- <laughs> yeah, he's a nut. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I'm um, sure they're pretty formulaic too. Like, this week was the same as last week. We did mm-hmm. all the same activities. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, how much is there to write about to your family that doesn't understand the lingo too? Yeah, like you, you mean saying preparation room? They're like, where's the preparation room? What does that mean? Did y'all's parents also get mad when you said the word vacations plural? My mine were like vacations. What do you mean you're going on vacations? You're going on a vacation. I'm like, no, it's vacations. <laughs> you know, was that like a novice thing? Maybe it was a novice thing. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's that. that was later on when you were because like, it was like <clears throat> it's like a translation from the Spanish that yeah. for some reason we did uh, that way in English. Yeah, weird shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was like, "What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Do you want to use English?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird no, they, shit. they they kept a lot of weird Spanish words and phrases that yeah made us sound like we were foreign. Yeah, um, I mean they made I, up their own language basically. I mean, pretty much. Do many, yeah. What is it? Oh crap! Now I need to remember. Team balance. Yeah. What was that? Yikes. That was pretty fun, Whoa. wasn't it? <laughs> no, I remember not. there was one brother who who like took over one of them when I would. I think we were candidates, and he took over the whole meeting. He and he went through each single brother for like a minute each, telling everybody what they did wrong. Oh my god, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I just remember really cool. like mm-hmm. I was a, I was a hothead. Like there are at least three different times where they threatened to kick me out of school but they never were going to because vocations right um yeah, yeah. i realized that in retrospect but <laughs> yeah i remember there was one of the times where i was a pretty fiery little hothead back then um and i always got pissed at one guy and i honestly can't even remember his name now but there was <laughs> one time where like i would like i would be really sneaky about it like i would first be like james here's what i noticed you did wrong and then like i let a few people go Spencer, here's what I noticed you did wrong. And then, like, and then a few more people go and they'd be like, you, you did this, 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 this. And then, like, <laughs> brother told me he was just stopping. I was like, but he did it all. And then he, like, pulled <laughs> me out. And, and then I went to Father David's office and I was just like, whoa, we're supposed to be telling people what they did wrong. It's the rules. Like, <laughs> rules telling them. <laughs> I had sources. Love it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I could I source all of it. Yeah, yeah, it was really weird. Do you remember who like, that was, or are you are you sincerely don't I remember? Wa- I want to say it was Paul Fleming. I was gonna say I think it was Paul yeah, Fleming's. We beefed <laughs> a lot. I've talked to him once or twice throughout the years, and we're chill now. I'm pretty sure. I mean, we're not yeah. close or anything, but. I think that's who it was. I'm not 100% positive, though. <laughs> that would have been my guess if someone put a gun to my head and yeah, said same. that, you know, after that, I was I was going to ask if it was Paul Fleming's, but I didn't want to put the name out there if you yeah, you're good. Um, and, and like you said, <laughs> I have no ill will toward anybody that I was at school with. So, yeah, yeah. No, no he, he's he's a cool guy, too. No. Um, shout out, shout out to Fleming's family. Shout out. Um, <laughs> all, all of them who I don't think they have any, I don't think any of them are still in um is that right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah good for any families that made it out um (laughs) especially after having like i think they had five kids in at one point i know there's one point where i was there and paul was in my grade john mark was i think in seventh grade at the time so i think we were in ninth grade and then they had a senior i think so three of them at one point when i was was yeah there you go and then yeah. Jonathan was in Cheshire, I think. Yeah, and I remember they would always talk about him when like they did their vacations, and they were all like, "Yeah, yeah. Like, my brother, John." Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe they only had four, but still, either way, that's a lot. lot. Still a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's four too many. <laughs> One is a lot. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I remember you were always like the soccer player, um, and you were good at it, um. And you didn't really yeah, have any competition. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we get yeah. older. Yeah. Sorry um, to drink too much. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It happens. Um, we're all we're all drinking tonight, I think. Except maybe Yeah, I got a whiskey here. So got a nice. margarita. Nice. Cheers. <laughs> my doctor hey, was like my doctor was telling me like my liver wasn't great. I was like, yeah, I've been going a little hard. He's like, yeah, you might, you might want to cut that back. I'm sure mine will tell me that at some point soon. Yeah. 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 Just don't go to a doctor. That's kind of my strategy. Take <laughs> so. right, some dad, essential oils and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> just don't, just don't try and be too quickly. Uh, don't try and shower too quickly. Um, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, what was your um how how do you feel about let's let's throw back another memory how did you feel about like the softball wars and the snowball wars were you a fan of that um i guess i'm kind of neutral mostly i did like the idea of the woods and building the forts and stuff um with i guess father justin mm-hmm. brother justin keelhorn then um like i thought it was cool i learned some like outdoorsy stuff that i probably wouldn't have learned um and then like the sock ball thing super weird didn't make sense throwing snowballs at each other i get that normal humans do that mm-hmm. so um i think it was fun i definitely um that was actually you bring it up another one of the incidents where i was starting to get kicked out um because <laughs> basically we were doing a sock i think it was snowball it might have been sock ball but either way i was a captain and funnily enough mitch marcello was a captain and maybe he remembers it differently and maybe i'm speaking on my ass here but the way i remember it is so there i don't remember the rules i think it was some type of capture the flag but basically i kept coming up with this really good strategy where we'd get his team caught and then it was pretty ruthless like we would like pellet them with the sock balls or snowballs 
while we had like one speedy dude keep getting the flag and Mitch started getting mad at me because we kept winning and like we did it like four or five times in a row and I was like well, why don't you do something different if you want to win and then like I think oh god but my arch nemesis I don't know if I could well mention his name it was a brother who was in charge of us at the time um he got all mad at me and like was going off he was like you need to listen to him what he said I was like I'm trying to win the game aren't we supposed to win like this was going on and so this is, I think, the only time that I, like, I got really heated and we were going back and forth, me and the brother. And we were in front of everyone. And Mitch was just kind of on the side, like, fuming. And I remember just, like, at a certain point, like, I was like, look, I followed all the rules. We're winning the game. I'm not going to stop trying to win because Mitch is upset. And then he, like, are you me again? I remember just telling him, go fuck yourself. And then I wound up with Father David again. <laughs> um, and then again, obviously, the we're threatening to kick you out didn't hold any water because they weren't going to kick anyone out. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It definitely fueled my competitive side, the snowball wars and softball wars. I think I had fun with them probably more than some people. Um, but it was a little weird, like going out into the woods all together and like, yeah. you know, yeah. How do you, how do you get your competitive side out these days? Is there, uh, something okay. you engage I'll, in? I'll embarrass myself a little bit. Me and my older brother, um, and some of my buddies from college, we actually really enjoy playing Fortnite together. <laughs> nice so, okay yeah, that try gets to get some, yeah. some royales that way yeah yes and then work <laughs> and then work as well right like you know i want to be the best i can at my job so that i think that helps a lot too so. mm-hmm. that's cool that's cool it's also very funny um yeah because yeah, fortnite is you know it's a good it's a good uh i don't know what the outlet might be the word yeah 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 i think so <laughs> for because yeah it's kind of funny these days like if I'm doing anything like in person with people where they're like, there's a competitive, like we do escape room, like my wife, Jen, she loves escape rooms. And like we do escape rooms with friends, family. And like there, I don't let it, it's not that I don't let it come out. I think I've just kind of tamed myself to put it in the right areas. And like, I'm normally the one that just kind of like lets everybody else lead. And I'm like, if we make it out, we make it out kind of thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm definitely like way tamer than I was back then. Yeah. 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 You were, a, you were a fireball. Yeah, I don't think anyone would deny that that went to that school with me. So, <laughs> and your voice was a little bit raspier. Yeah, yeah. Like you would that. lose your voice. Oh yeah, I lost my voice all the time yelling during snowball wars, softball <laughs> yeah. wars, whatever. Yeah, I really did sustain a lot of injuries up there. Now I'm remembering <laughs> yeah. we got back from a um, a snow hike, and you know how like you can think of stupid, but. I haven't been in real snow other than when Texas lost all its power last year. Um, But I haven't been in real snow in a while, but like there's a circumstance where like there's a bunch of snow, but there's like a little sheet layer of ice on top. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was just like everybody, like I wasn't even mad about this, but it was just like the funniest thing. We're all like picking it up and hitting each other, like on the beanie with it. And like (laughs) the most bizarre physics happened somehow where somebody, I, I honestly don't remember who this person was actually, but they hit it and the way it broke, a piece of it flipped and scraped my eye. And so like, I was wearing a patch. I literally wore a patch around the school for like a month. I think it was my senior year. It was just like, oh, I don't know how, yeah, I've seen so many bizarre injuries up there. I don't know. Child endangerment was not a big priority for the Legion. That's for sure. Oh, hell no. Well, no. one of the other ways I injured was during one of our like summer Olympics. Yeah. Where I climbed up the fence, to, like get a rag, went too fast, fell, landed on my arm, broke it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, same that. arm? Different. This is the other arm. So this is my left arm. Yeah. Shit. And fa- Father Stephen came in for like a tackle in soccer, full on cleat, 
broke some metatarsals. Like, that was fun. Yeah. Shit. Oh, man. Because Father Steven's a big dude, too. Yeah, yeah. He's he was... definitely north of 200. So Yeah, he's yeah. a big boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the irony is I really haven't broken anything since then. Yeah. I wonder a full a full grown adult <laughs> slide tackling like a twelve year old. That's yeah. a fucking hilarious thought. I think I was a candidate at the time. But same idea. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. I mean, not they, that much I mean, at some level, the assistants must have been like, "Fuck these kids," and like you know, oh, just dude. like <laughs> I tried. I thought about that when I was listening to your woman with Father Frederick, and I was yeah. just like, "Dude, some of these guys that are put in the that were put in those shoes, like 22, 23, I'm sorry, but without the Legion." I wouldn't have been like emotionally mature at 22, 23. No. If I came up through the Legion, I sure as shit wasn't like yeah. what was going like other than the brainwashing, what was going through their brains that they like didn't just beat the ever living shit out of us sometimes. Like right. <laughs> we're a bunch of like little, like it's crazy to me now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Purely the rules, probably. Purely yeah. the rules. That's all. Was, I the, was the Brazilian Don't brother you, you mentioned earlier, was that brother Marcio? Yes. That's his name. Yes. Brother Marcio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Marcia Welter. Good guy. Um, yeah, yes. cool, cool guy. Um, he had like one <laughs> tooth that was like discolored. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. That okay, that. same yeah. guy, same guy. Okay, um, Just making sure I was thinking of him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because you were already in ninth grade. Yeah. By that, by the time he first, he was cool. Yeah. I liked him. I liked him a lot. I was a fan. Yeah. 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 He. Yeah. Section C, and you know. He was pretty athletic too, from what I remember. He was good at soccer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean makes sense but yeah. i don't really remember an assistant who wasn't good that i had honestly i can't think of one that wasn't good at sports so speaking of of people who would wail on us <laughs> ad- adults who would wail on us um another good title do you remember father kermit <laughs> yeah. yeah i love oh, father kermit was he like older and like he yeah. would just show up in the summers and he loved hiking yeah. soft voice yeah he was cool i think He's yeah, so he nice. Would, he would he would yeah. he would show up at random times. He would come for like the Christmas games too. Like he was. Oh, yeah, he, was yeah, yeah. He, was very, he was like a gentle guy. He was so gentle. He was and a he calming was probably, presence. And he was probably the only one who killed multiple animals. Um, you know, because he was he was an Alaska boy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Uh, he. Do you remember he would? I this must have been in like the early summer program of like 2005 2006. He would just hang around the back of the gym when we were playing dodgeball and he would pick up the small dodgeballs and he would just wait and he would pick a target and then just fire arm a yeah. fastball and just nail kids <laughs> just like knock them down. I remember there was an adult who was there, like an outsider adult, like one of the one of the dads was like, he was like holy shit that guy's killing these kids he's just gonna and you couldn't throw back yeah. at him because he's not playing yeah it's like what are you gonna do <laughs> so i just that's one of my fondest memories just those little those little dodgeballs you'd pick one up and all the kids would scramble yeah um, he, could, he could whip those i mean he, most could, he, that, yeah. he had a good arm <clears throat> no yeah um i don't know um gee that's let's see what else what else have we what other memories can we dredge up um uh what was i thinking today i i saw something on tiktok that reminded me of um lulu bears do you remember the lulu oh. bears those little like bread bears with chocolate in them yeah yeah 
Okay. <laughs> I don't remember that at snack all. Time, snack time was so weird. We had the Larabai phase. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had we had Toji Mayas and uh, Semperars. Semper, that's the one. Semper, oh yeah, yeah. disgusting, yeah. fucking yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, well, didn't we have like bad. popcorn? Didn't we do popcorn sometimes? Like simple stuff too. I feel like maybe not. Maybe maybe like a special kind of weird stuff. We had a lot yeah, of weird we, shit. Like basically, all the stuff donuts. that like people all didn't buy in the donuts. grocery stores they gave to us. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, we did get almond joys one time, which was pretty cool until we realized why we got them. Um, yeah. But hey, what can you do? Um, yep. Yeah, there there are random memories that are locked in my brain that you know little things can trigger them. And I just saw a bowl of little bread bears today, and I'm like, Lulu bears. Those, I remember those. They weren't. That's me, that's bears, me with but... Lara bars. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we had the worst Lara bars too, because they're good ones. Yeah, there's some really good ones. I actually eat them sometimes now, but like it was always the crappy ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Mm. Which again didn't sell in the grocery market, so yeah, they came That's to Ike's. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see. Do you still talk to anyone from uh, your time in the Legion? Do you keep in touch with anyone really, or? Not regularly. We'll have kind of moments, I guess, almost like this, obviously a little less formal, where like online may like see somebody hit a milestone or something. You're like, hey, congrats, how's it going? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and, like I'm connected with Tim Murna on LinkedIn, I think. So that's cool. Um okay. but yeah, I, I think I, I am too. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like close to anybody or like regularly keep up with anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you might you might get some messages after this. So yeah, that's fine. Uh, hit me up. I'm in a, I'm in a spot where you know, I'm, life is uh, going all right. Getting gonna have a lot of downtime once we have the kids. So happy to connect with people and talk if they want to. Yeah, and congrats on the move. Congrats on the child. Thanks. Yeah. Um, lots to lots to be grateful for, I guess. Yes. Um, not telling you how to live your life, but you know. Yeah, I um, think you are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Spencer, do you have any questions for him or that you're waiting on? No, not right now. Um, yeah, it's been fun, man. This has been really fun. Yeah, I think we- one of the most interesting things to me is just kind of that, like all of us who have left, it's weird. Like it's a weird dichotomy where we've gone through the same journey, but also an entirely different one. Yes. Um, and that's kind of why I reached out about the podcast in general is just kind of like it's everybody processes it in a different way and it's never not going to impact you even if like you get to where you want to be or where you think you want to be in life like I'm sitting here like yeah life's good I've got a wife I have a kid coming you know and I've got a decent job um all all of which good things right but like it doesn't mean like it still doesn't you know impact you and you think about it and you're like what would have been different like if my parents didn't ship me up to a cult basically, you know? And again, like, like no knock on my parents. I mean, they use the same manipulation tactics as, you know, they did on everyone. Um, You know, obviously you wish they would have seen the red flags as adults and things like that, but I'll never be too harsh on them, you know, because I don't know. It's just interesting to me that like now that I am where I am, it's kind of like, I don't blame anybody like for where they stand in their life who went through that. Like, my sister was at Ica, you know, and she's in a totally different spot of life than I am. And she's, you know, she's doing her best as am I. And that's all you can really ask for. So essentially it's just kind of some of the thoughts I had, like, 
coming to the podcast and chatting with you guys. It's just kind of, it's weird how we all go through such a similar, but different journey afterward. Yeah. <clears throat> it is man. And I think about that too. Like how much more comfortable would I just be in life with who I am and with, you know, like how much more comfortable would I be at this point if I hadn't had this experience and how much more like, but at the same time, like I do talk to people who didn't go through, I guess, and who are still very fucked up and still very yeah, like, yeah. struggling yeah. with different, it's just different struggles really. So yeah. maybe, maybe everybody's fucked and we're just doing the best we can, you know, it is what it is type thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's kind of like a little life they portray on Instagram. They really, right? they really yeah. fucking got problems. Know, dude. We're yeah. all, we're all doing our best. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's like you said, you can't blame your parents. Um, I think we all have that inner thing where we're like, you should blame your parents. And you're like, no, our, our parents were all kind of deceived in the same way. Um, I mean, we get into the history of it. There's just so much going on, like so much like kind of demonic, almost maybe not demonic, maybe that's the wrong word, but like evil planning and all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes to like make the top people get what they want in a really perverted messed up way and it's like yeah like people are going to get deceived when somebody planned that out that much and thought through all these crazy things like pull the wool over your eyes right yeah 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 it's true man definitely um well we've got a few minutes left i i kind of want to ask one more question but it's such a Mm, okay whatever you can ask Um, anything okay um how this is uh okay whatever (laughs) um how did how did you take the news about masiel i think it was was, disseminated to you uh, yeah that's that's the interesting question so i remember we had like a special meeting um I think I was a senior when it broke. So I still actually decided to go to Novitiate. But I think part of that was because of the dissemination of the information, right? Mm -hmm. Was kind of a, hey, I think they brought all the pre-candidates together first and they did the apostolics after. Um, For anyone listening that didn't go there, pre-candidate, like upper high school apostolic, seventh through ninth grade. Um, So yeah, I think from what I remember, it was kind of like a, hey guys, um, our founder is not who we thought he was. It sounds like he may have done some bad things, um, but that doesn't mean that he didn't create a great institution still and that all the work that we're doing here is for God and for his glory. Um, So like anything that you hear, like, like, yeah, take it with a grain of salt because good, like there's some biblical stuff they reference how like good fruit can come from a bad seed or something like that. I don't know. Um, so a lot of that kind of messaging where it's like, hey, what we're still doing is good. It doesn't change who we need to be in our vocations, um, but we just thought it was fair to let you know. And again, the extent of what he actually did wasn't told. Um, I think the most we got was he was married and had a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really hear anything else from anyone till my parents yanked me out and told me everything um, in that November. So that was kind of like, just another manipulation tactic that worked on me right because basically if they just came out and said hey this may or may not be true but this is what's being stated here's all the things they said he did even though i was kind of brainwashed at the time i think that's not i don't i don't think i'm using the term wrong there i think that is what they were doing Mm -hmm. um but i think even then at 17 
and having fought so much and been in so much trouble all the time anyway, I think if I would have had all the information, I wouldn't even have gone to the no bishop, right? But I didn't, they didn't give it to me. It was all couched as keep doing God's will, keep doing it for the greater good, for God's glory, for the kingdom, right? Um, so that's kind of how that, that all broke for me. Okay. Yeah. It probably would have been in your junior year, I think, because um, I was a right. senior. Yeah. Um, but they, that, I do remember them telling us that he did unpriestly things and that, you know, yeah. he had a kid. And that was, that was all he told us. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's all we they, got. Like, yeah. okay, he had a kid and he probably molested that kid. Like, it, that's a big step. Yeah. That they didn't tell step. us. And it's kind of like, yeah, you're withholding a lot of information. It's like saying someone who robbed a bank and then drove, you know, drove recklessly to get away from the mm. police. It's like you say, oh, well, they were, you know, impeding traffic. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. It's not really the whole story, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. I just yeah, I guess to get... Junior year does sound right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was 2009 uh, okay. yeah. when they, broke the news because he died in 2008 and then a year later the news came out um yeah oh, dude, I we just, did like a whole thing for his death too it was like he was yep. basically a saint already oh that was yep. the yeah crawl. yeah that was that was a lot of fun going to cheshire didn't we go to cheshire yeah okay. yeah yeah we went to cheshire for a special mass um and i just remember when he died there was one person neil baldwin was just crying so hard yeah. And I, I remember just like oh, saying, poor like, soul. I was just, I was kind of like, I wasn't laughing because it would have been inappropriate, but I was just thinking like, dude, we didn't really know him. And then yeah. Brian actually said that on his, when we had him on, he was like, you know, Neil Baldwin was crying a lot. I'm like, I remember that specifically. That was <laughs> yeah. um, it's like I met Father Alvaro way more than I ever met Masiel. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I you know no I don't know if this is appropriate but I still didn't cry when Father Alvaro died um because I only I'd, knew him for yeah. like you know I I feel like he was a victim in several ways too yeah um but he still towed the line or carried water I don't know what the what I'm saying we know uh, what you're saying okay thank you yeah. <laughs> that's that's good to parse out um. All right, I, I guess if that's it, um, this is this has been the co-founders. Uh-huh.